think almost everyone is back in the room, so we will, we will keep going, maybe one or two parents just making their way back in. Uh, let me add my welcome to those who have already welcomed and say thanks for being here this afternoon. I'm, all, I'm also sort of grateful for those who didn't come because we didn't have any more chairs anyway. So, um, but, um, no, not true. Uh, I'm glad that we all fit now, um, now that some of our kids are in their program and they're going to come back in just towards the, the last song. But it's a real privilege and a pleasure um, to be here this afternoon and to be celebrating uh, with the crew who are launching this plant and uh, to, yeah, to, to kick this all off. It's been many years in the making. I'm going to share a little bit about that in a second. But to, to begin with, I'd like to ask Lisa, uh, who happens to be Cam's mum, uh, to read uh, the Bible readings for us. The first reading comes from Proverbs 3, verses 1 to 8. <laughs> Got the clicker, Rhiannon. My child... Do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them round your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will, then you will win favour and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Second reading comes from Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. <coughs> Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. So, we're here, as you know, to celebrate and officially launch the Billabong Piara Waters, which is going to be a second distinct expression of the life of the Billabong family with... Cameron and Annalise, Harry's leading, and my task today is just to share a little of the lead up to this point, how we got here, if you like, and then Cameron is going to take over and he's going to share a little of the heart and the dreams for this new church community. Um, around the room, uh, facing outward so you can see over dinner, you'll see photos from the different eras, if you like. Uh, of the Billabong. Uh, and now if you don't get a chance to have a look at those photos now, you can find them on our website as well. Um, but here's a little bit of the history. Mark and Deb Billingworth launched the Canningvale Faith Community in the year 2000. Prayer walking, starting a playgroup, formed a small worshipping community and thus began the Shed Era as some will know it, with all sorts of apparently occupational health and safety regulations that were definitely adhered to. <laughs> then the tent era, which involved periodically mowing the carpet, I'm told. Um, I don't think we have any photos of that, unfortunately. Uh, there was, of course, plenty of outdoor activity in this time, including the various animals whose names were Lambo, Sambo, Rambo, and Sally. Um, and uh, 
of course, an actual billabong, an actual water uh, uh, feature. And so the story goes that, um, with, with this is what the billabong was like, the story goes that a billabonger rocked up to work one day, sunburnt, and their colleague said, why are you sunburnt? And she said, well, I got sunburnt at church because we had church outside yesterday. Why do you have church outside? Well, because the tent was ripped. Why do you have church in the tent? Well, because we're too big now for the shed. Why do you have church in the shed? Well, because if you have church outside, you get sunburnt. <laughs> this is the billabong until 2015 when the long-awaited community centre was built. Hurrah! No more trailers and hired venues. Like this one. <laughs> we began to learn what stewarding that wonderful uh, privilege, that, that, that physical resource, stewarding it, what that meant. And then exactly four years ago tomorrow, so the 23rd of October 2019, we were blessed to have our almost $2.5 million debt wiped clean as an arrangement was made regarding our other block of land. And that was a huge blessing. But with that blessing came a challenge. That same Sunday, uh, David DeCock, uh, General Secretary of the Uniting Church at the time, preached for us and shared that we were being entrusted to, and I quote, take that gift and use our new debtless freedom to multiply for the kingdom of God. To take that gift and use our new debtless freedom to multiply for the kingdom of God. Just as we, who have been freed from the debt of sin, uh, can go and make disciples and multiply in that way. And just, I still remember, I still remember where I was sitting. And I still remember the moment I heard that challenge. And sensing at the time, these were not just David's words. The Spirit of God was speaking that morning. That same uh, morning that our debt was wiped in that week, October 23rd, uh, local pastors, some of whom are here this morning, were praying at the Billabong and discussing the, the local area. And we happen to be talking about what other churches uh, maybe we hadn't connected with yet in this region. Like, are there some we just we need to reach out to and go, hey, come pray with us. We want us to be, you know, united together with you. And so we printed out. That morning we printed out this map to sort of plot out those churches and go, who have we missed maybe? So a number of us are here in the Canning Vale and then over towards Huntingdale, Southern River, Thornley's up this way. I was looking at this and I remember realising that this suburb down here in Piara Waters, just down the road really from the Billabong Community Centre, that there was not a single Christian community. And that in the neighbouring Harrisdale, there were just one or two churches. And so, long story short, exactly three years later, we agreed to multiply with Cameron, agreeing with Cameron, uh, for Cameron to be the pastor to this new church community. And one year on from that decision that we made last year, here we are. There's uh, tons more that I could share about this whole journey and that whole journey and, and how God's been at work. But instead, what I wanted to do today is highlight what I think has been the word of the Lord to us, the Billabong, all the way along, from 2000 all the way through to now and beyond. And what, what continues to be God's invitation to us as the Billabong now as two distinct communities of faith within the one family.
In the lead up to this day, I was thinking, well, I'm probably going to preach on Joshua because that's been a big theme or maybe one of the other biblical passages that have been central to this whole journey. Instead, I want to take you somewhere slightly different to the book of Isaiah and the story of King Hezekiah. We didn't read it today because it's too long, but this was one of the kings of Israel and it's about some of the challenges that he faced. Anybody know the story? King Hezekiah read it recently? <laughs> Maybe not recently. It's sort of tucked in there. But firstly, Hezekiah was up against the threat of the Assyrians, a global superpower uh, who were a bit scary. And even as Hezekiah tried to encourage his people to trust in the Lord, the Assyrian commander taunted the Israelites, don't let Hezekiah mislead you to trust in your God. Look at what we've done to all those other nations and their gods that they trusted in. Do you really think you can trust in your God? Now Hezekiah, he, he keeps trusting, he receives reassurance from God. I will be with you, I will protect you. But the taunt comes again. Don't let your God deceive you, Hezekiah. You know those other guys who trusted in their gods? Where are they now? Yeah. <laughs> don't trust in your... Don't let your God deceive you. But Hezekiah does something very, very powerful. He takes the taunts, some of which are written, literally written on, on, on parchment, and he takes the taunts, these messages that would create doubt, and he lays them down before the Lord, literally. He just lays them down and says, God, I submit this to you hands it over to God and in the face of 185,000 Assyrian warriors if you know the story, an angel of the Lord comes and deals with them all the next part of the story is that Hezekiah gets very sick and God says through the prophet Isaiah look, time's up, you're going to die it's not just the voice of the enemy that he's dealing with now, like the Assyrians or some global superpower. Uh, it's the prophetic voice of the, the, the word of the Lord saying, that's it, time's up. But still, Hezekiah pleads with the Lord. And with tears in his eyes, he, he says, I've trusted you, Yahweh. I've walked faithfully with you. Please, I still trust you. Would you heal me, God? And God, it's beautiful. God sees and God hears him and extends his life. Amazing story. The Billabong has had many, many times uh, when the path forward has been challenging. It's been a tricky road ahead. Sometimes it's been external factors. That, that have made our ministry and what we've wanted to do difficult. Sometimes it's been things I think that God has put in our way to stretch us and challenge us. Maybe those two things, the external factors and God challenging us, are more connected than we think. But the invitation for us at the roadblocks or at the crossroads or at the potholes we go through or at the, the, the hill we need to, to go up and go, God, this is going to be hard. The invitation to us, the invitation to Hezekiah in the face of 185,000 Assyrians and in the face of sickness and death. The invitation to you and I at this point and at every point in the life of the Billabong family, I believe is simply this. This is his invitation. Trust in the Lord. 
Trust in the Lord. No matter what, trust in the Lord. Sounds simple, but it's profound. Trust in the Lord. Whether it's a pesky Assyrian taunting, don't be stupid and trust in your God. Or a diagnosis that means it seems there's nothing more to say or to pray. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Whether it's finances or property or the need for people with certain gifts or greater boldness in mission or, or stronger relationships within or opening the door to a new opportunity. All of which the Billabong has faced many, many times over the years. The invitation every single time is always the same. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Even, friends, when it seems we don't need to. Maybe especially when it seems we don't need to. See, the story of Hezekiah also provides us with a warning, if you know chapter 39, I think it is. After the Assyrians were dealt with and his health returned, who rocks up? The Babylonians. And Hezekiah wants to be friends. Because, yeah, well, look, I trust in the Lord. I've seen him do great things. But if the Babylonians attack me, can I really trust in the Lord? Probably, probably we can trust in the Lord. But just to be safe, just to be safe, in case we get in trouble, I better make friends with the Babylonians. So Hezekiah shows them all his treasures. Look at everything we've got. And Isaiah says, and said, look, the word of the Lord here is, you shouldn't have done that. It's going to backfire. And it does. They eventually come. Have we, as the Billabong family, always trusted in the Lord? No, sometimes we haven't. And sometimes it's so subtle. Sometimes it's that shift towards trust in our own ability and our own wisdom and in what we can produce. And it doesn't feel like it's a lack of trust in God. It just feels like we're giving God a bit of a hand. But those times, friends, when we've really trusted him, I mean, like really, really trusted in the Lord. Lord, only you can do this. Lord, only you are able to get us through this next stage. Those are the moments that matter. When it's been all God and none of us. We're, when we're empty, when we've got nothing. God, only you can do this. And it's not just because then we get to see the incredible things that God does, the miracles and the abundant provision and the lives changed and all of that. It's because what's most important, what's most important in everything that we do is the work that God is doing in us. We can and should pray today and will pray today that this church plant in Piara Waters flourishes and grows and that the billabong as a whole strengthens and continues to multiply. But what's more important is that on that journey, we learn to trust in the Lord more and more. God's more interested in what he's doing in us than what he wants to do through us. And so the billabong, Canning Vale and Piara Waters Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Cameron, Annalise, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I know you do. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, in all our ways. Submit to him and he will make your path straight. This is the invitation of God to us. It always has been, always will be. Cam, over to you. 
Thanks, Luke. Now, it's probably bad timing after listening to that, but I never remember sermons. <laughs> I've listened to hundreds of sermons, and I can never remember the details. Now, in, in saying that, I, I, just, I have a bad memory altogether. Like, um, just ask, what's his face? They'll tell you. Um, for me, I can't... Like, it's, it's the details that I can't get. But what I do get is I remember feelings. Feelings stick with me. And when I look back on moments in my life, um, it's, it's where emotions are high, when they're real. They're the ones that stick to me. Like my, one of my earliest memories was actually getting stung by a bee when I was probably about four or five. But I can remember bits and pieces of that because I would have been in a lot of pain. It would have been surprising and, oh, what's going on? And my thumb swelled to the size of a grape. And that, that's a memory that sticks with me. Other memories like um, when I proposed to Annalise. I was nervous. I was excited. There was so much going on. It was, it was amazing. And so that stuck with me. When my sisters, both my sisters, when they got married, um, just the, the joy and the happiness in those moments was just incredible. Um, when I performed music as a, as a kid in a big choir or in the orchestra or in a band, that feeling of, of working together and accomplishing that intrinsic feeling about what's going on. And when my daughters were born, especially when Alex was born, because it was terrifying. Things went wrong. It was, it was, I was, this was the scared, most scared I've been in my life, but then the most relieved. And it was the most joyous, and it was just so many emotions going on. So when I th thought about what to share today, I, I wrote a sermon out, I wrote all the stuff, sort of stuff, really digging into um, the passage that we heard before, um, Matthew 9 which talks about um, the harvest. And I was going to talk about each of the words and what they all meant, but then I thought, no, I, I don't want to give an analysis. I don't want to leave you with inspirational quotes or even a deeper understanding of the Bible today. That's not the point. I want, to leave you, I want you to leave here today with a feeling. And a feeling that will become a memory. And that memory that will push you forward. Because that's what we're here to do today, right? We're here to look back, just like, just as Luke already painted that picture of where the billabong has come from, we grasp onto those memories, we grasp onto that idea, and we move it forward. And that's what this is all about. Um, some of you will, will have heard all those memories. You'll look at all these pictures and you go, oh, I remember that. I remember being Some of you will not know anything about that. But... That doesn't matter today, because I want this to be the memory. I know you're all here, at least physically. Um, now, I'm not really one to dwell in the past. I'm a future-minded person. I'm often my, in, in the clouds, my, future, my head in the clouds, all that sort of stuff. Um, even today, as we were kind of preparing all that, I actually spent time talking and thinking about what we're doing next week, because to me, that's more important than today. <laughs> um, so in order to create a memory for today, I want you to join me in the future. So what could the next look like? What stories would we, would, we, would we be telling if we all met here again in a year's time? What stories would we be telling if we met in 10 years' time? 
in my preparing and reflecting for today, there was something I kept coming back to. And that was, what is something that I could say that could encourage the church plant team? Or how about something that could encourage the Billabong in Canningvale, or even the wider church? I want today to be about encouragement, about, about lifting each other up, to share stories, to hear how God is at work. But the more and more I thought about it, um, the more I realised that I don't have the words to say to encourage people. I would love to speak into each of your lives individually and give you a word of encouragement, a personalised message of hope and assurance, but I can't. Not only are there too many people here today, which is wonderful, it's so awesome to see you all, but it's not even my gifting, that's not what I'm best at. But that's okay. Because Jesus shows us there's a better way. Now, there's one simple instruction given to us in Matthew 9. I'll just read it again so that we can um, hear it. I'll just find the Bible passage. Imagine using a real Bible. Things, things would be a lot faster if you're good at turning pages, but I'm not good at turning pages anyway. So, Okay. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. What is the one instruction Jesus gives us? It's often one that we get too nervous about. It's sometimes we don't feel worthy to do it. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we feel that this is too hard. Or maybe it's too easy. Or is it just worthless? Ask. And that's what I want us to do today. Ask God. Ask him to show you your heart. Ask him to place this moment here today as a memory. Not just a memory, a memory that drives you, a memory that pushes you forward. Ask him to place this point as a point where he came alongside you and showed you the way. For those of you who are on the PR Waters team, ask God to give you a picture of his church in this area. Who are the people being reached? How are we bringing his light into the darkest places? How are we providing for the lost and broken? For the Canningville congregation, ask God to burn brighter in you than he ever has before. Ask for new and exciting ways to become a glorious beacon of love for your neighbours, for your colleagues, for your friends and families. And everyone else here today, ask God to show you where he is calling you. I believe that God has a calling for every single person. Ask him for his confidence, not your own. Ask him to heal what's been broken. Ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. And if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. Now, in order to help kind of create this feeling and create this emotion that will hopefully anchor this moment. As I know, it's, it's already anchored me. This is big, this is huge, lots is happening. I want us just to spend a bit of time for yourself. Just spend a bit of time calling to God and asking Him, where do you need me? How do you need me? So if you'd just like to join me I'm just going to pray, and as I pray, I want you to close your eyes if you feel comfortable.
talk to God if you feel comfortable, whatever you need to do right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to lift you up. This is awesome. This is huge. This is amazing. It's exciting. So much is going on. But God, this has been going on forever. You have been working in the hearts of everyone in this room, everyone in this suburb, everyone in this nation, everyone in this world forever. And you will continue to do that. God, we ask you now. Give us all we need. Give us direction. Give us confidence. Thank you for all you've given us. Thank you for your mercies, for your love. And God, we know that we can't do anything by ourselves. It's only through you. Pray for this church plant, God. Something that we've got no idea what it's going to look like. But you do. We pray for those first people to get to know you through because of it. We pray for the United Church as a whole. And pray that, God, this might spark something that produces revival. We pray for the church, your church throughout this state. We thank you that whilst we're doing this, there are churches meeting all over WA. We pray especially for Kerry Baptists who are in Harrisdale, who are right now baptising people at the beach. We thank you, God, for the mission you've called us for. And thank you, God, we get to be a part of it. In Jesus' glorious name. Amen.